God is with us. God is for us, and God is in us. Isn't that good? God is a good God. Turn to Mark chapter 5 by direction of the Holy Ghost. I took a popular opinion poll of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. And by unanimous decision of them all, he said, go to Mark chapter 5 and I'm going to show you something. Well, I'm going to see it just like you are. How about that? Mark chapter 5. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Mark chapter 5, verse number 20. I want to talk about coming in contact with the power of God. We're going to learn from this chapter, the Holy Ghost began to show it to me. We're going to learn from this chapter how that we can have the power of God come to our aid in any circumstance, any situation in our life, his power will show up. There's principles, there's examples here that have principles in them, which if we apply them to our lives, we can experience the same things the people in Mark chapter 5 experienced because here we'll find that people were healed, people were raised from the dead. If you go to the first of the chapter, that's where Jesus cast the demons out of his man and got him in his right mind. But we're going to start a little further down because I don't want to take a whole time to go through the whole Mark chapter 5. So we're going to start with verse number 20 and uh, share some things with you. It says in verse number 20 of Mark 5, it says, And he departed and began to publish in Decapolis how great things Jesus had done for him, and all men did marvel. So this is talking about the man that had been delivered from demons. So he went out and he had a message. The thing that's the first thing that's going to happen to you when you get Jesus in your life is you've got a message. You go out and tell somebody else what the Lord has done in your life. You go with the power and the anointing of God. Jesus had set this man free in verse number 20. All these devils uh, had come out of him, uh, and Jesus had set him free because he was out of his mind. He was living in a graveyard. We just picked up there at the latter end of this. If you go back and read it prior to this, there was a man living in the graveyard, uh, and the Bible says that they tried to bind him with chains, and he was so supernaturally empowered that he could break chains as a human being that no other human being could break in their own human strength. He was empowered by a devil, and nobody could help him. But one day, Jesus got off the boat, and he came down the road where this man was at by the graveyard. He came down through there. And you know what that man did? He ran, and he knelt, and he worshiped Jesus. He went to Jesus for help. Now, he might not have known what he was doing, but he ran there. When you come to Jesus, Jesus, and we're going to see here, everybody that came in contact with God's power, they're the ones that initiated it. They're the ones that caused it to happen. God's power is here, but you've got to reach out and take it by faith. And that's what that madman of Gadara is what he's called in the first part of this chapter. 
living in the graveyards and everybody was afraid of him and they couldn't, again, chain him up and he would break the chains loose. But when Jesus came walking down the road, he cast the devils out of that man. That man got set free in his right mind, put his clothes on because he was naked, running around there out of his mind. But Jesus set him free. And then when he set him free in verse number 20, he said, the man went out and began to publish or tell everybody what Jesus Christ had done for him. What had happened? He came in contact with the power of God. Why? Because he went to Jesus for help. He may not have realized what he was doing out of his mind, but when he came to Jesus, Jesus set him free. And that same Jesus that set this man free is the same Jesus that has set you free. And the same Jesus that contacted him with his power is the same Jesus that wants to visit you with his supernatural power. Thank you for getting excited about it. But look, look what happened here in verse number 21. And when Jesus was passed over again to, by the ship and to the other side, in other words, he left there, went to another place. He said, much people gathered unto him and he was near or close by the sea. Now, let me tell you something. When it says that he was here and he was close by the sea, it's not necessarily the same thing that we think of. But here he was. He was in another location from where this man was. And look here, verse 22. And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, when he saw Jesus, Jairus did, what did he do? He fell at his feet. Notice this, Jairus came to Jesus. Jesus didn't go hunting Jairus. Jairus needed the power of God, and he went and asked for it. All you've got to do is ask for the power, and you're going to get it. Jesus never denied anybody that came to him of supernatural miracles. He was never denied the power for, to anybody, and he won't deny it to you. But notice, the man came, the bad man of Gadara, we call it in verse 20. He had came. He's already set free. Now, Jairus has come. He's one of the rulers. He's one of the big, uh, big wigs, we'd say, there in the city. When he saw Jesus, what did he do? He fell at his feet. In other words, he reverenced and respected and honored who Jesus was. When you reverence and respect Jesus, Jesus shows up supernaturally in your behalf. And he said, verse 23, and he said he besought him greatly. In other words, he pleaded with Jesus is what that means. He said, saying, Jairus said, my little daughter lies at the point of death. She's laying back over yonder and she's dying. She's dying, Jesus. My little daughter's dying. Lord, and I need some help. I need some help, Jesus. And I pray you, I beg you, come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she shall live. He came to her. He, Jesus came to, Jairus came to Jesus in faith about his little daughter. And he came in faith and he said, if Lord, you lay your hands on her. She will rise up. She will be healed. She will not die. Well, I know about something like this because when my little son was born, Randall Leather Gear Jr., which they said they wouldn't make it, I'm here to tell you when he was born, the devil tried to take him out. But I'm telling you, God had a call of God on his life. And me and his mama went into the spirit and some other people too that know how to pray. We're not taking the glory away from God because God gave us the ability but I went into a fast and I said I'm going to fight the devil and I'm not going to let him have him because the Bible says fight the good fight of faith 
Isn't that right? Uh, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, and so we were there. And when he was born, they said he had all kinds of problems, different things and all this stuff. It was just the devil attacking him. But I remember standing in what they had, the high-risk nursery, where they had the little babies with problems after they were born. And uh, they put him there to make sure he'd be protected and had him hooked up to all these wires. Uh, and while I was standing there beside his little bed because his mama was still kind of recuperating, you know, from having the baby giving birth to him. And so I'm in there and suddenly the machines went off. His heart stopped. There was no brain activity, and they'd done something called code him. The whistles, bells, and button, the nurses and doctors came running because this is a special ward, special place for people that's got problems, you know. And so here they come running in there. And, of course, they didn't really pay attention to me. I kind of got out of their way, and I could see, you know, just by being around this stuff, I knew that he wasn't breathing. I knew that his heart was not beating. I knew now that there was no brain activity because it had been two minutes and 20 seconds because there was a clock up there that showed how long that machine had failed. And the doctors were saying, bag him, bag him, and all the nurses would know what all that means. And then somebody was preparing a shot that they was going to shoot in him. And, uh, uh, you know, because of his heart to start it again or something, one of the doctors was calling out things, you know, and all this kind of stuff. And he looked up, you know, and he, and he was seeing me standing there. And he said, Dad, you shouldn't be here. I said, Doc, don't make me leave. I said, you do what you know to do. And I said, I'll do what I know to do. I called on my heavenly father. I didn't yell. I didn't scream, but I come out of my spirit. And I said, God, I said, I'm not going to let my baby die. In the name of Jesus Christ, devil, you take your hands off of him right now. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I command you to leave. Jesus Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, Jesus, visit this hospital right here where my baby's at. I called on Jesus just like J. Iris did about his daughter. And I'm here to tell you, you can call on Jesus and he'll show up. I'm telling you, he'll show up supernaturally. All of a sudden, all the whistles, bells, and buttons went silent. Again, I mean, they went off all the alarms. And... Uh, the doctor said and the nurse said, because they were all called his name, Randall, Randall, Randall. The nurses were calling his name, Randall, and he's a little baby, you know. You don't know his name, really. He's not walking and talking yet. <laughs> Randall. And the doctor said, he's still with us. But he said, there may be complications, but me and his mama got a hold to the horns of the altar by the Holy Ghost. We called upon Jesus. They called him the brain specialist from Emory University there in Atlanta. If you're around Atlanta, you know where I'm talking about. They called that guy in. He was in brain surgery that day. They've always wanted to work on mine, but they never could find it to work on. So anyway, <laughs> we save them the trouble, amen? Said, what happened to your brain? I lost my mind, and I got the mind of Christ, amen? Hallelujah. And so they don't have to work on my brain. God's taking care of me. But me and his mama got to praying and believing God, the anointed of God, was working in Randall's little body, and God totally set him free. 
I'm telling you everything they said he would not do, he is doing today. He is a captain on a Citation Ultra, fire-breathing, Holy Ghost-anointed jet, falling, flying people over this country and periodically into other countries and back. And they said he would never come out of that nursery, but my Jesus brought him out of that nursery. And I'm here to tell you that God is still alive today. That power is still available to you today, but you've got to reach out for it. You've got to decide, I'm tired of being like this, and I'm going for it. Jay Iris wasn't going to sit by and not let Jesus walk by. He decided, I'm going to get help. It's okay to call on for Jesus. It's okay to call for help. If you can't do nothing else, just say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me, and he'll show up. Thank God. So here's J. Iris. So I know how J. Iris felt. And I'm here to tell you, my son has been used by God. The anointing of God is on his life, and he has the ability of God flowing to him supernaturally. Everything that he thought he'd never do, he'd come up through school, he'd come up through college, and he got actually into a master's degree program and graduated with straight A's from college. He graduated, what do you call that? Summa cum laude, was that what it is? Summa cum laude? If, it, if I'd have graduated, it'd have been, Lordy, how come? You know what I mean? <laughs> but, but I, and I give the glory to God, and he does too. But I think sometimes the devil even tries to trick him and make him think that he isn't anointed of God and he's not used mightily of God, but God has chosen him, God has appointed him, and God has sent him in that place to be a witness for him throughout the world, wherever he may be. I'm here to tell you, the devil's not going to stop him. He's not going to stop me. He's not going to stop you. That same God that's with me is the same God that's with you. If you read the Bible in the New Testament or throughout the Bible, it's a book of supernatural events. What I mean by supernatural is events that cannot be accomplished by mankind without the power of God. It's a book of supernatural events. And that's what God is bringing the church to today, this place of supernatural events. But we've got to desire it. We've got to want it. And I'm not saying that you don't, but you need to get a, get a better, bigger want. You know what I'm talking about? Go after it more than ever before. So here's J. Iris. And J. Iris said, verse number 23, he begged him or besought him greatly. That means he begged him and asked him, pleaded with him. He said, my little daughter lieth at the point of death where she's about to die. My little baby, back yonder. And he said, I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her that she may be healed and she shall live. In other words, when she, he came to Jesus, he was expecting to receive something from Jesus. I said he was expecting to receive something from Jesus. Do you see this? And so he said, and Jesus went with him. He followed after him. And much people followed him and thronged him. And a certain widow, woman, which had an issue of blood, 12 years, and had suffered many things of many physicians, and had spent all she had, and was nothing bettered, but rather grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus, she came in the press behind. And what did she do? What did she do? 
When she heard of Jesus, she came in the press behind and did what? She touched his garment. For she said, if I may touch but his clothes, what will happen? I shall be whole. And the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus immediately, knowing in himself that virtue, our power, had gone out of him. Why did the power go out? Because she came and asked for it. Turned about him in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? And, he, and, and his disciples said unto him, You see the multitude pushing and shoving and carrying on, pushing you around. He said again, Who touched me? He looked around and to see her that had done this thing. And the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. In other words, she, she told him, I was sick and I needed help. I know I'm not supposed to be out here in public because they didn't know she had a disease that she could spread to somebody else. So it wasn't legal for her to be out in public. We just went through a lot of this in our nation with this mask and the plagues and the whatever else, you know, that they come up with to get everybody in fear. But she wasn't in fear. She decided, I'm going to Jesus, and I'm going to get help. Isn't that right? And she told him all the truth. I come to you to get help. And he said unto her, daughter, thy faith, in other words, what she did, the action she took by coming to Jesus and asking for his help and touching his garment has made thee whole. You see that? Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. Notice now, Jairus is still with him. Remember, he was going to Jairus' house. It says, while he yet spoke, Jesus was talking to the lady. It says, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house certain which said, thy daughter is dead, while troublest thou the master any further. In other words, they told Jairus, don't trouble him anymore. She's dead. In other words, there's nothing that can be done. She's a hopeless case there's no hope, there's no help for her. She's dead. Don't waste your time by getting him to come home. She's already dead. They're already over there making funeral arrangements. That's what they're doing. They're getting ready to bury this little girl. Don't bother Jesus. But let's look. When Jesus heard it, because he said here, verse 36, says, as soon as Jesus heard the words, which means heard what they were saying, to Jairus, he said unto the ruler of the synagogue, which is Jairus, what did he tell him? Be not afraid, only believe. If you won't be afraid and if you'll believe, you'll contact God's power. You'll contact the power of God. Notice, Jairus came to Jesus looking for the power. The man that was demon-possessed came to Jesus looking for the power. He got it. The woman with the issue of blood came to Jesus looking for the power and contacted it. And here is Jairus. And they said he's dead. There's no hope for him. But he told Jairus, be not afraid, only what? Believe. It was don't quit believing God and don't quit believing in God's power. Jesus encouraged Jairus' faith because you know he could be discouraged. When you get noticed that your daughter's already dead, it seems like it's hopeless and in the natural it is. But we're talking about a supernatural power of God. Verse 37, and he said he suffered no man to follow him. He didn't allow anyone, another way to say it, anyone to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. So Jesus, Peter, James, and John were the only ones that Jesus allowed to go further with him. Why did he leave everybody else behind? 
No doubt they was doubting and did not believe, and they got discouraged when they heard the death sentence on the little girl. But Jesus knew that Peter, James, and John knew better because when the little girl died, it didn't mean it was over. If Jesus is on the scene, I'm here to tell you, if you're dead, it don't matter. Lazarus was dead in the grave for four days. And they said, by this time, he's stinking because he told them to roll away the stone. His body's decomposing, decaying. If you open that rock up, he's going to be stinking. A stench is going to come back. Jesus said, roll away the stone. And he said, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus come hopping out of that grave, bounding those grave holes, clothes. So you know this, God can raise up stinkers. So if you're a stinker, he'll raise you up too. I'm here to tell you right now, he raised Lazarus from the dead. When Jesus speaks in your behalf, the power of God immediately goes to work for you just like it did Lazarus. So you want to know this. You've been waiting all day to ask me this question, and I knew you was going to ask it, so I had the answer ready. You remember the question? The question you wanted to ask me is, why did he call Lazarus' name? Because if he had not called Lazarus' name and he called for the dead to come forth, all of them would have got up. I said all of them would have got up. I said all of them would have got up. I said all of them would have got up. So he had to specify where he wanted the power to go. Woo! Wrapped up, tied up, tangled all up in Jesus. Woo! We used to sing that. Wrapped up, tied up, tangled all up in Jesus, and that's the way old Lazarus was. He was wrapped up, tied up, and tangled up in the power of God. And he come hopping out of that thing in them grave clothes, and he wound all up. You know what Jesus said to him? Loose him and let him go. That's where I love Lucy come from. Loose him and let him go. woo I'm here to tell you that's the God that we serve. That's the God that I know. And it doesn't matter what the devil's been doing. He is defeated in the name of Jesus. Jesus Christ is victorious and his anointing is released in this earth. But you've got to desire it. You've got to have faith for it. And you've got to contend for it. Go after it like Jairus. So he wouldn't let nobody go with him but Peter, James, and John. And of course, Jairus. And probably the ones that came with Jairus. He wouldn't let nobody else come. Why is that? Because the other people doubted that the girl would ever live again. And they were probably already mocking and making fun because Jesus had told him, fear not, only believe. So they're already doubting. So you need to get doubt out of the way. Just throw doubt and get it gone. Because Jesus wouldn't let doubt go with him. And doubt can't come with you. Jesus said, Peter, James, and John, J. Iris, and the people that came to your, from your house, you can go with me. The rest of y'all stay over here. How many of them were there? There was a multitude. He said, y'all stay over there. Listen, the multitude is not right. It's usually the handful that's right. That handful of people, Peter, James, and John, J. Iris, had faith because Jesus encouraged his faith, and he took them on with him. Isn't that right? What happened? We'll see. Verse 38 says, He comes to the house of the ruler, which he comes to Jairus' house. And he seeth the, the big, the tumult, which means the great crowd of people, and them that wept and wailed greatly. Ah! 
If you'd have been there, that's what they were doing. Louder than I was. He said they were wailing. Ah! You know how to wail? I might get her to yell wail for it. <laughs> that's what we're doing. Louder than I'm doing it. And it wasn't just one or two of them. There was a lot of them. Because that was the custom of that day. Because now they had all decided it's hopeless. There's no help. There's no way out. There's only now remorse and regret for mom and daddy. Should I have done something different? Could I have done something different? Could I have helped her in a different way? So all they're thinking is remorse, heartache, and sorrow because their little daughter's dead. So that's why they were weeping and wailing. Wailing. You know what wailing is? Wailing Jennings. I know you don't know it. <laughs> Some people do. <laughs> he was wailing. That's what they were doing. And they wept and wailed how? Greatly, loudly, extremely. In other words, they had got to the point of despair. But in comes Jesus. In the midst of the storm, right in the face of death, Jesus, the Son of the living God. That's the God that I'm talking to you about tonight. The God that you serve. The Jesus that has saved you, washed you, and filled you with the Holy Ghost. This same Jesus walked right in to the face of death. He walked right into where they were weeping and wailing and hollering and yelling and crying and screeching and screaming and being sorrowful and falling in the floor, pulling their hair out, tearing their clothes. Because there's no hope. They were expressing hopelessness. But, I said, but, in walked Jesus. I said, in, did you hear me? I said, in walked Jesus. In walked Jesus. You know Jesus walked in. He did. Say amen. 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 She can shout. <laughs> amen. In walked Jesus. When Jesus walks in, and why did he walk in? Because Jay Iris went and got him. Do you want Jesus to walk into your life? Do you want him to walk in there? You call on Jesus like Jay Iris did. You call on Jesus like the woman with the issue of blood did. You call on Jesus like the demon-possessed man did. And I'm telling you, that Jesus is still alive today. We're not making up fairy tales and stories. We're telling the truth. We're not talking about Popeye the Sailor Man that's a cartoon. We're not talking about any of that. We're talking about a real son of the living God equipped with supernatural power from heaven itself. The creator of the heavens and the earth is walking in the room. That's what he's doing. He's walking into death itself. You see that? Right in the midst of it, it didn't scare him. He walked right into it. He come into the house, and he saw him weeping and wailing and carrying on. And when he was coming in, look what Jesus said. He says, why make you this ado? No, it's why in the world are you weeping and wailing and carrying on? This little girl that calls it the damsel in the, in the uh, King James 1611, he said, but what it means is this little girl is not dead, but sleepeth. What did Jesus say? He said, this little girl, 
is not dead. She's just sleeping. This little girl is not dead. She's just sleeping. When Jesus said she's not dead, you know what? She's not dead. I said she's not dead. The physical body, physical body may have no function, but she's still alive in the realm of the spirit right there by her body. And Jesus knew it. And he's going to call her back in her body. And she's going to leap right back in her body. Because Jesus called her back. Like Jesus called many of you back. And that's why you're here right now. He called you back from the point of despair. And if he could call you back from somewhere, he's going to take you somewhere. Aren't you glad? Verse 40, what did they do? The people here that are weeping and wailing and carrying on and screeching and crying. says they laughed him. In other words, they laughed at him. They mocked him, and he made fun of Jesus. Listen, you can't mock, laugh at Jesus and make fun of him and expect to get something from him because you can't. This crowd couldn't get nothing. So what did he do? When he put them all out, said, Brother Randy, he hurt my feelings. Well, Jesus sometimes needs to hurt folks' feelings. When he said he put them out, that means he put them out. He said, how did they do it? Whatever it took. He may have had to bodily grab somebody. He might have told Peter, we don't know. It's not written there. Peter, grab that when you get her out of here. Grab that guy and get him out of here. John, get this one. James, get that one. Get him out of here. Whatever it took, he said, get him out of here. Why? Because doubt and unbelief cannot receive the power. So he needed to get that away from him. So we don't want to doubt God, and I'm not saying you do. You don't doubt. You praise God and shout, and you'll bring the power of God into your life every single time. They laughed at him. They mocked him, made fun of him, but we put them all out. And then he took the father and mother, the daughters, the little daughter that was lying on the bed, and certainly her body had ceased to function. So in, in the natural, we would say, and a doctor would pronounce her dead. So that is the truth. But Jesus was speaking a higher truth, a spiritual truth, that she was still alive in the realm of the Spirit. He's fixing to call her back. Just like he called Lazarus back, and he had been gone for four days. Lazarus had been gone for four days. How long have you been gone? He's calling you back now. He put them all out, and he takes the father and the mother, the mother and the daddy. You know they were still sorrowful, but they had hope. They had a gleam of hope because Jesus was there. They had heard of Jesus, because that's why J. Iris had came to him. They had heard the miracles that Jesus did and the power that flowed through him, and that's why J. Iris came and found him. He said, come, my little daughter's dying. We took the father and the mother, and them that were with him, which was Peter, James, and John, they all went in there. So that would be Jesus, Peter, James, and John. That would be four. Then mother and daddy, that would be six. Six people, right, in this room. All the rest of them that were weeping and wailing and laughing and mocking, what did he do? He put them outside and shut the door. Isn't that right? He took, he took the rest of them, put them out, and them that were with him, and he entered in where the damsel, the little girl, was lying. What did he do? Because J. Iris had come to him and asked him for help. The power of God began to go to work. In verse 41, he took the little girl by the hand and he said unto her, Talitha Kuma, which is being interpreted, little girl, 
I say unto thee, Arise. Now, why didn't he call her name? I thought you was going to ask that because he had her by the hand. And at Lazarus, he was at a distance. So he was addressing her specifically when he said, little girl, arise. He didn't have four little girls in the room. You understand? Just one little girl, and he grabbed her by the hand. And he said, little girl or damsel, I say unto thee, arise. And look at verse 42. And 44 years later, the little girl still lay on the bed dead. Is that not what it says? What did it say? It says, in straightway, which means right away, which means immediately, the little girl done what? Arose. She got up and done what? Walk. For she was at the age of 12 years, and they were astonished. They were shocked. They were amazed. And you could imagine some happy mamas and daddies. They were crying and squalling for sadness and everything outside, but mama and daddy were crying tears of joy as they hugged their 12-year-old little daughter, and they began to thank Jesus and praise God. But he told them in verse 43, straightly that no man should know it, commanded they should give, should be uh, something be given her to eat. So Jesus believes in eating. And some of us believes in it more than he does. But anyway... <laughs> He believes in eating. I mean, I'm sure they fix some ham hocks and black-eyed peas and collard greens and try. I know New York, hang on. Pennsylvania, hang on. Turnip roots, woo-wee. I rutabaggers, how about woo-wee. I'm telling you, what about some pickled pig feet? My God, I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you. What about some sardines? I mean, the real kind. Y'all got them up there in New York? Y'all don't have sardines? Huh? Hoop cheese and crackers, yeah. Whatever they had, Jesus said, give it to her. But that little girl got up by the power of God. Every organ in her body was restored to life. Why? Because Jairus came, isn't that right? And he said to her, my little daughter's died, come. And so because Jairus went and asked, he contacted the power of God by faith, and his little daughter got up and walked at 12 years old. So we have in the first of this chapter, which I didn't read the first of it, but verse 20 we find about the madman that had been demon-possessed. He's totally set free. Why? Because he came to Jesus. Then you have the woman with uh, Jairus, first of all, that came to Jesus said, My little daughter's dying. Come and lay your hands on her. She'll be healed. And notice this. The man asked Jesus to lay your hands on her. Did Jesus have to lay hands on somebody for him to be healed? Apparently not, because he spoke the words and Lazarus got up. But the man requested, Jairus requested that Jesus lay hands on his daughter. Jesus laid his hand on her. He reached and grabbed her hand. Isn't that right? Because that's where that man's faith was. And that's how he operated. And the power of God went in. So Jairus came asking for the power, and the power went into work in his behalf and in behalf of his daughter. The woman with an issue of blood, she came to Jesus, and she asked Jesus, uh, for the power by touching the hem of his garment. She said, I'm going and I'm going to touch the hem of his garment. And she was made whole the moment she touched his garment. Well, I'm here to tell you that same Jesus, that same power, that same anointing is here tonight. And all you've got to do is reach out to Jesus. 
I know you were blessed by this message. If you would like to receive more information about Randall Greer Ministries, or if you'd like to receive our free newsletter, just let us know. We'd be happy to send it to you. Just write us at Randall Greer Ministries, P.O. Box 2227, Owasso, Oklahoma 74055. Or you can contact us at our website, www.rgm.me. And remember, God is always with us.